0: page 132. So where are we? We're talking about having an Avas Hashem by using the human nature of kamam ha la adam la the human nature, which is that when someone demonstrates a great amount of love to us we reciprocate. So when we contemplate just how much Hashem loves us, then we um, automatically are in this order, We're awakened with a love back to Hashem. What is the love? How do we know that Hashem loves us? What is this contemplation that Hashem loves us? So, in the last parsha, comparech Manvav, we spoke at length about Yitzias Mitzrayim. We um, give a marshal of a king who goes, uh, who leaves his palace and goes to the to the. To right to the Ashbah to the local garbage dump. And he pulls out from there a person, a lowlife who is covered in filth and brings him close to himself and enters into an incredible, deep and intimate relationship with this person. How much this per, how much just, we can only imagine how much this person would love the king. And Al Travis says this is exactly what Hashem did for us. They came into Mitzrayim, which was araba so it was the garbage dump. A place of tumma and zuam, a place of spiritual impurity and stench. And Hashem extracted us, pulled us out, and gave us the Tayra mitzvahs which is hugging us and kissing us and entering this most intimate of relationships with us. And when we think about that, how can we not enter how how can we not reciprocate with an incredible avata Hashem? The problem with this whole thing is is that Yetzirah Mitzrayim happened 3,330 years, and counting. And we didn't experience We didn't experience yes, Mitzrayim. We didn't experience how it. How can we relate to it? So how can we relate it? And more importantly, how can that evoke an Abba within us, over the fact that Hashem came and took our great-great-great-great-great-grandparents, great, 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 grandparents, okay. great uh, you know, multiply that by <coughs> several times over, how is that ma'er within us, Hashem? Exactly. So Perek Memzayim begins, We always have to view ourselves as if we as if we come out of Mitzrayim, And this takes us to a larger topic, which is the idea of the Nitzchiyas of Torah. The fact that Torah is eternal. What does that mean that the Torah is Nitzki? What does it mean that the Torah is forever. So, on a very simple level, there's a a muscle, a humorous story, that is told to illustrate the idea of the (laughs) Nitzchiyas of Zayra. There was once a Malagala, sorry, there was once a, um, a business person, a very simple person, simpleton, but a business person, and he had to go to another city because there was going to be there a big fear what's called a Yirid, the big marketplace and that he was a merchant and he had he had uh, merchandise and weirs to sell and needed to get his weirs to the city but he wasn't exactly very organized by the time he realized that he has to get to the big city it was a week before the fear and the city was a nice distance away from where he was so he went around the city and spoke to the people in the the, the balagalas, the wagon drivers who can get him to the big city? in a week, and they all told him, listen, we can try to get you to the big city in a week, and we might make it, but it's the middle of the winter right now, the roads are muddy, and there might be there might be snow, there might be a blizzard, it might be slippery, and uh, we can't guarantee, we can't guarantee that you'll get there within a week. But the guy says, if I don't get there in time for the fear, then the whole trip is a waste of time, there's no point in me going if I'm going to come and everyone is already gone from over there. So he said, he offered... He offered a deal to um, to the, anyone who would, anyone who would take him. And he found he found a balagala. He found the wagon driver and the wagon driver said, "Listen. If you pay me twice the normal amount, I will get you there in time." So the business person says, "Okay, deal." I'll pay you twice the normal fare if you get me to the to the city in, ti- in time, but on the other hand, if you don't get me in time, you get then you get nothing. Okay, so the guy agreed, the balagala agreed, and uh, they made a transaction, a legally binding transaction. Whether they signed the star, whether they made a kenyan, whatever it may be, and the balagala sets off, and sure enough, it's the winter and it's snowing, and uh, the weather and the ro- the conditions are treacherous, and the roads are in terrible condition. And they arrive two weeks later.
1: <laughs>
0: when they arrive there, the balagolo turns to the, the wagon driver, turns to the merchant and says, OK, time to pay me. Merchant says, what are you talking about?
1: Two weeks like?
0: We made up that uh, you're not going to get anything if you don't get me there on time. Girl says, yeah, but I, listen, I took your wares. I tried my best. I really thought that I was going to get there on time. And it was conditions beyond my, you know, circumstances beyond my control. And therefore, I think that you still have to pay me. <coughs> And the guy says, no. So he says, you know what? We have this impasse. Let's go to the Rav. We'll have it in Torah and the Rav will pass him. So they go to the Rav and each side lays out uh, his case. And when the Rav hears the whole story and he hears about the, the agreement that was made, the halachically binding agreement, the Rav turns to the Balagala and says, you made an agreement It's binding and he doesn't owe you anything. So the Balagala is very, very obviously very disappointed and he's very, uh, very disturbed. But he's also a very, very simple yid. He turns to the Rav and says, Tell me, based on what are you making this uh, this din, this verdict? So the Rav says, it's based on the Torah. Based on the halacha as laid out in the Torah. So the Balagala says, Tell me more about this Torah. Where, where, where's this Torah from? So the Rav says, it was given to us in Har Sinai. On the third, on the sixth day of Sivan, he wasn't a Jew by like him. He was, but very simple, simple. illiterate. Three thousand years ago, it was given to us on Har Sinai. In the month of Sivan, so Balgallo thinks for a second, says, "Ah, I get it." To understand, the Torah was given in a desert, where it's hot, and also it was in the summer. There is no snow over there, and there is no rain over there. So that's why it paskind. <laughs> that he doesn't have to pay me. Had the Torah been given over here in Eastern Europe in the middle of the winter, then the halacha would be different. So you have to consider that and therefore realize that the halacha should be different.
1: Context, context,
0: context. Context, context. But this is actually, if you think into it, the silliness of this Malagala is that he think, he's imagining that Hashem gave the Torah in the summer and in the desert, and Hashem was unaware of others, uh, the fact that in six months from now is going to be winter, and the fact that there are other countries around, and therefore Hashem's um, halacha applies only to limited circumstances, which applied at the time. But if you look at it in the larger sense, there are many people who have a balagala mentality, and they say, the Torah was given 3,000 years ago, so that's why Hashem gave us the halachas of kosher, because then there were unsanitary conditions. And that's why this halacha Hashem gave, and that's why that halacha Hashem gave. But today... Things have changed, so it's taking the foolishness of that balagala and expanding it a little. But it's really the same foolishness if so we understand that Hashem is the one who created everything and everything, all times, all places. So when Hashem gave the Torah, even though it was in the summer, he had in mind the winter, and even though it was the year two thousand four hundred forty-eight, he also had in mind the year five thousand seven hundred and seventy-nine. So that on a very simple level, the Niskius of the Torah. Means that everything that the Torah says, all the halachas that the Torah says are unchangeable, they're immutable, no conditions can change the Torah. For the simple reason that the author of the Torah, the one who gave us the Torah, is very aware of all the conditions that will ever occur at the end of time. Not only is he aware of the conditions, he creates the conditions. and He's the one, uh, the fact that conditions change today. Who is the one who made that? That's Hashem himself. So therefore the halachas of Torah are nitschili there forever but with this understanding then the is of Torah only applies to the halachas of Torah how about the stories of Torah are the stories of Torah also a are they also eternal after all a halacha by definition Hashem says this is the halacha from here on as the Pasik says <makes kei> <melodic> 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 is called Divri <sup> What's <that>? I think Ado <barnic> right? Forever. We have to do Hashem says this is the law forever. But a story by definition happened. A story that says in the Torah happened. So is a story. Are The stories of the Torah also eternal. So obviously our knee jerk reaction is yes, they're eternal. But in which way are they eternal? How are the stories of the Torah eternal? What makes them eternal? So the most most Yedin will tell you they're eternal because. They contain within them lessons and morals that are eternally applicable. Hashem chose and included in the Torah those things that are lessons for us for all time. As you know, Torah is not a history book. Torah does not, even, the, even in the, the era, the biblical era, the era that's discussed in the Torah, the Torah doesn't tell us every detail of every single time. You know, talk we have in this week's parsha. So Moshe tells us about Moshe's birth. And tells us uh, that he was raised by um, the daughter of Paré. And then how he has these two encounters. One day with uh, an Egyptian that's, uh, that's uh, hitting a yidin. The next day two yidin are fighting. He runs away. The next time we meet Moshe, pretty much, it's uh, 80 years later. Not 80. It's uh, 70, 70 years. years uh, 65 years later. What happened during those 65 years? So if you look in the Medrash. Words, the Medrash tells us some amazing things about Moshe That he went off and he became a king in Ethiopia. I don't know if you're familiar with all these Medrash. So why isn't it in the Torah? Why isn't that story in the Torah? Why did it, that's, that's juicy stuff. It's very good stories. Why isn't the Torah included? Because Torah is not a history book, and Torah is not a story book. Torah is there to tell us those things that are relevant to us. So apparently that's not relevant to us. Maybe it's a little relevant, which is why the Medr said it. If it was completely irrelevant, it wouldn't be the Medrash either. But it definitely doesn't meet the standard of being part of Hamish HaChum Sheh Torah, and therefore it's not there. And we find that in many places, the Torah... It skips events, and then it focuses very strongly on certain events, which seem to be very, very trivial. We spoke about this a few weeks ago, how the Torah spends a lot of time talking about Yitzchak digging the, digging his wells, which is definitely much less interesting than Mesha being a king in Ethiopia. Yet the Torah spends a lot of time on this, and spends no time on this, because this has lessons for us, as we discussed a few weeks ago, and this doesn't. So the, the stories of the Torah, the fact that they're Nitzchi, the fact that they're eternal, lies in the fact that they have eternal lessons to us. But there's a deeper idea from that also. The deeper idea is that the stories of Torah, they're not only eternal because they happened many years ago, but they have a lesson for us today. But in fact, every single thing in the Torah is reoccurring at every time. There's an interesting, um, this is, actually, this is Bashkach Pratis in this week's parsha. So we have the Pasuk says, Vayoyel la so moishe, uh, Decided to stay together with Yisrael. This is when he arrives in, in Midian. So Va'yoyol the word Va'yoyol means, literally means that he... Uh, he, an an oath. Oath. he agreed. He agreed to. He
1: took an
0: oath. But Chazal tell us that means that he took an oath. And what was the oath that he took? That he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave Midyan without permission from his, um, from, his shver, from his father-in-law. Now, the Gemara tells us, the Gemara tells us that there's something called being Matfis, and being Matfis in a nadir, which means that if someone else makes a and you say, me too, then that's, uh, the nether the is Chal. So if someone is Matfis in the nether of Moisha, and says, you know, I'm, being, I'm, being, I, I, I'm making a nether like Moshe Rabbeinu's nether? So the nether is chal, it's called being matves, uh, you're, you're grabbing onto that nether. So the ragged shover, was a Goin who lived uh, 100 years ago, a very famous going, he asked a question, <coughs> but how is it possible that if you're matves, the nether of Moshe Rabbeinu, that it's chal when we know that Moshe was matir nether? Moshe was Matar neder. He was matir the nedir. He left eventually. So right now, the nether doesn't exist anymore. So if the Nether doesn't exist, how is it that today, if someone is Matvis in that neder, the nether is still how? So the Ragged shaver answers. He says, if it's written in the Torah, it still exists. Because everything in Torah is Nitzchi. So it's not only that it exists today, in terms of it teaches us a lesson. The Nether still exists. I later, the letter, that he was Matin Nether the mati Nether also still exists, because every single thing that says in Torah is a spiritual reality which is eternal. And even though afterwards he was Matin Nether he annulled the nether. that's another thing in Torah that also exists today. But the nether also exists, like every, it's like a minute in the Torah, which is also Torah. Everything in Torah exists. In the words of the Shalah, the Shalah says, that people make the mistake of thinking that Torah which means that Torah tells us about physical realities down here, down here, and it's alluding to spiritual uh, concepts. And says the it says the the opposite is true. The Torah altar is actually is Hashem's chokhmah and which is spiritual, which is above and beyond anything physical. The Torah expressed itself in a physical manner. But this core of Torah, the spiritual core of Torah, is just as, I don't want to use the word true, but it's just as in existence today as it was back then. So let's talk, for example, Yitzhi as Every concept, every physical idea, every physical idea in Torah, every story in Torah is merely a representation of a spiritual reality which is an eternal reality, which is a timeless reality. So Moshe's Shavua Vayoyel Moshe, that represented a spiritual reality which exists still today. When he was matinated, that's also a spiritual reality. So either one, they're both, they're both concurrently existent in all times and all places. And this is a very big idea, and especially when it comes along a Yom Tov. we're not, we're not, we're not commemorating, in, Yid- in, Yid- in, Yid- in, Yid- in Yid- we don't commemorate, we're now in the holiday season, by Ba'goyim. What's the, what's the difference, what's the difference, we've spoken about this, I'm sure, what's the difference between a Goisha holiday and Lahavdil, havdil a Yom Tov? Besides the fact that one is Kodesh and one is Chol. But I'm saying there's also a substantive difference, which is, that a Go'yesha holiday is commemorating an event which happened. In Yidin, we don't commemorate, we don't live in the past. We're living in the present where uh, we are right now reenacting what happened. Because the spiritual idea exists today just as much as it existed back then. So everything is present, everything is today. We don't look back in the future. The f- TS the, Mitzrayim the, the was only the physical manifestation of a spiritual reality which exists at all times.
1: So what about it said, Hashem um, b'chol yom, Hashem create
0: the world... Every moment. With all the realities of Torah in that creation. Yeah? Actually, oh. You're supporting what I'm saying. You're not asking yeah, a question. I, I yeah, I'm supporting, yeah. Right? Now, this is true regarding everything in Torah. Every single story in Torah is nitsri. Every single story in Torah. You know, there's the famous Vart of the La Shemtev. Right. Mm-hmm. So the So says in this that someone who reads the Megillah La Mafreya. He reads it as if it's a story that happened a long time ago. So lo yotza, he wasn't yotzah. I, I know, I know I've know. i said this story in the past also, but there's always new the people over here. That we know the Alter Rebbe was the Balkara. Mm-hmm. The Alter Rebbe, besides for his whole godless in, 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 in every area of Torah, he was also, in other words, in Nigla and in Chassidus, he was a, a Goyin oilam in nigla in, in the Aruch, and obviously a Goyin oilam in nister. And there was a whole other element of the Baal Shemite, that he was a medactic, uh, sorry, of the Alti Rebbe, that he was a medactic, Incredible Baal Diktuk. And he, um, he composed the Sidr, which is a very unusual thing. How many people do you know that composed Sidurim? You don't have, uh, you don't have people composing Sidurim. You have a Siddur with Menhagim men like this, but to compose an entire Nusach, Alter Rebbe, it's a unique. It's a, and he was a young man. He was under 40 years old when he did it. Just uh, talk about the incredible shoulders of Alter Rebbe, the incredible uh, Achrayis that he had. Imagine a young person under the age of 40 and he's already—he's releasing a new Siddur. And were not very happy about that. That was one of the big things that they complained about. He was not very happy about that. Till today, what well, yeah, do you have? You have Nusach Sefarad, Nusach Ashkenaz, Nusach Edesh Mizrach. And Nusachari? that's it. But Those are the main nus- yeah. What? They're similar. They're similar, similar but, the, but the Alter Rebbe, it's similar, but it's, but it's, but it's different. My father went in Taira Vedas, and he told me that he heard from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Allah Basha'Allah, that of all the siddurim the one that's most precise in Diktuk is the Alter Rebbe siddur the Sidur, the Sidur, the Sidur, the Sidur Nusachari. He told the Islamidim, don't use it, because that's not your minig, it's not your misera. So you continue davening whatever you're davening. But you should know, he said, but, 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 but he said, you should know that um, that 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 api diktuk, it's the most, it's the it's the, it's the it's the greatest diktuk, is in Rebbe when they said the altar of the sinner. The most precise.
1: When they said, nosach Ha'ari, it's not the Arizal or the Siddur? What do you mean, nosach Ha'ari?
0: No, it's really nosach, which is in accordance with the kavanas of the Arizal. There are many Nusach actually. Mm-hmm. But it, along with, with establishing the most what the Rebbe thought was the most correct and precise nusach, it was also completely in accordance with all the kavanas of the Arizal, which is why it's called nusachari. But you have nusachari Ashkenaz, you have nusachari Sfar, nusachari is not the the, the 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 Arizal didn't have specific nusach. Nusachari means it's a nusach which is in accordance with the um, with the kavanas of the Arizal. Now. So where are we going with this? The Rebbe was a meddactic, and he was he, used to, he was, he himself was the Ba'kir. So one year, one year he read the Megillah. He read the Megillah. So one year he wasn't there when he was reading the Megillah. So his son was going to be there, was the Mithla Rebbe, you remember the story? The Mithla Rebbe, he heard the Kriya and afterwards they asked him, how was the Kriya? How was the reading? And he said, no, oh, no, that's a beautiful story. In other words, it was the first time he heard the Megillah and it was a story about in the past. Every time, told them when you heard the story from Alter Rebbe, it wasn't a story in the past. It was something which was uh, no. which was now. The, the, the realities of the Torah, which are now. And the same thing is, when it comes to the Torah, everything it's now. It's all about now, and it's reoccurring. And that brings to mind another joke. I say about it's also a very, very simple husband and wife. And um, back in the shtetl. And one year they decided, you know what? We should do every Shabbos. We should read together the Tsener Erena. was a book written in Yiddish, which had the the story of the Parsha together with the Midrashim. So every year, every, the, every Parsha, they're reading the, the, the Tzenderana. And then they get to the story about where Yosef is, um, he gets into a fight with his brothers and he sold them to Mitzrayim. And when the lady's reading the story, she starts crying. And it's a very uh, It's an emotional story. It's very difficult to read. Mm-hmm. Sibling rivalry, brother, brother sold into slavery, alone on a foreign land. Back upon him, you know, as we know, the story continues. Anyways, they continue the meeting next year. So next year again, they're reading the Tsenerana. And this year, they're reading the Tsenerana. But the woman is totally fine. The husband says, I don't understand. What happened last year? You were crying. Why aren't you crying this year? He says, she says, I don't understand. After he got himself into trouble last year, and he didn't learn again, he didn't learn his lesson again this year, I should feel bad for him. <laughs> So we can, we can laugh at that, but there's a certain point to that. In other words, she was reading it each year, as happening again. To the extent, if it's happening again, why is he, why is he, why is he, why is he, uh, why is he uh, didn't he learn his lies? He shouldn't have gone to Shem. There's a truth to that. Okay? Not Mamish in the same way as she was thinking in her simple mind, but there's a truth that every time we're learning Torah, we're talking about something which is happening right now. Now, if this is true regarding every story in Torah, that there's a Nitzchius, there's a eternality to every single story of Torah, because every single, st- uh, every single story in Torah, in the physical realm, is only representing something which is a higher reality, which we can tap into it every time. How much more so is this true regarding Yitzchim Mishraim? Which, as mentioned, right? We say in the Haggadah, that every single generation we have to look at ourselves. It's a halacha. It's a on the Mishnah B'sachim. That we have to look at ourselves and view ourselves as if we personally... As we say in the Haggadah, right? Talking about the, the connecting things and um, the fact that the al would have a In Part of the Al-Turabah's Siddur is also a Haggadah. The al has a Nusukh for the Haggadah. And uh, one interesting difference between the Haggadah of the al and almost every other Haggadah is that there is no chasal Siddur Pesach at the end of the Haggadah. Because Pesach doesn't end. The Mishraim doesn't end. It continues throughout the year, every single, every single, uh, throughout the year, and as we know, that, um, as, the, as we learn in Brachis, that there's a chiyuv to remember every single day.
1: But why only mitzrayim is a chiyuv? All the other things that happen.
0: So let's, uh, by the time we finish this prayer, I think we'll have the answer, because this is the yesoed of everything. Mm-hmm. So if everything's eternal, is not only eternal, but we're also, we're commanded to experience it every single day. There is no, even though that the Yitzchak building uh, yitzhak uh, digging uh, wells also was an eternal reality. I'm using that obviously as a mushal, but there is no mitzvah, and it's an eternal reality which we can tap into at any time. And there's eternal truths, and the chachma of Hashem in there which is applicable today, not only applicable today, another applicable today just as much as it was then. But there is no mitzvah to remember and to reenact. And to feel like we've dug wells every single day, there's no such mitzvah. Yetzirah Mishraim, in addition to the fact that it's part of Torah, and every single part of Torah is Nitzchim, it's something that we're, postured, we're commanded to, that we're supposed to remember it every day. What does it mean to remember it every day? Remembering it every day means relive it every day. So therefore we started off this lesson saying that we're supposed to be thankful for Hashem, and, and, and the way we develop a love for Hashem is thinking about Yetzirah Mishraim. So we asked, but didn't Yetzirah Mishraim happen? <laughs> uh, more than three, more than three millennia ago, and the answer is no, no, no. Itis mitzrayim is today. But what does that mean? Itis mitzrayim is today. What is itis mitzrayim today? How do we experience itis mitzrayim? And that's what we're going to be talking about in this parakim parakimzayin. Let's do it inside. Vihine. Once again, we'll start from the beginning. Vihine, bechol in every generation, and the Alter ever adds v'chol yom v'yom. This this is not in the Mishnah and but based on the Mishnah and Barachas, where it says they have to remember some time every day, so the Rebbe Al-Tarebbe adds in here, yim in every day, a person is obligated to view him or herself as if he or she has today left Mitzrayim. What does this mean? What does it mean to view yourself as if you left Mitzrayim? Tonight, by the way, just incidentally, or not incidentally, is the yard site of the Rambam, and, who lived and, in Mitzrayim.
1: And Rabbi Yaakov Abuchatzerah, the grandfather of the Babasali.
0: I, I didn't know that. That he,
1: that he also buried in Danhur, okay. in Mitzrayim. Danhur in Mitzrayim. Okay.
0: He but wanted, the Rambam that, isn't buried in Mitzrayim.
1: Right. He wanted to come to Israel. And former Morocco, they went oh, to a yeah. lot of months. And he told them, if I passed away, Buried me exactly in the city that, and it was in their and they were buried. Interesting. In but very hard to get to me. very hard.
0: So the Rambam lived in Mitzrayim, mm-hmm. and in fact, there's even a Ram as in his name. That They say that, um, in, in next week's Parsha, it says that the Abishah tells that Moshe, uh, don't worry, that all this I'm doing is in order, site to make many wonders and miracles Baris Mitzrayim. So, so Revis Mitzrayim is a Shatevas of, of the Rambam. Wow. So I'm not sure exactly how that ties in, but we're talking about Yitzchel Mitzrayim. And tonight's the eft of the Rambam, was connected to Mitzrayim, so just, just... the, the honorable mention. <coughs> so what is Yitzchel Mitzrayim every day? every day. Every single day we experience the exodus of the Nefesh Shalikis. Ha Haguf, from the captivity of the body, and what is the body? The body is Mishcha Dechivya, as we've already learned in the past. The body is the Guf in the Neshama is, is the snake. The it is the skin. Mishcha means the skin, the hide, the of the snake, because the body is the mishcha. The body is the is the 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 hide, the skin for the neshama which is inside it. But what is it made up of? Made of the chivya, it's made up of the of the snake, of the serpent. It's klipa. So the nefesh alikis is in a body, which is a repulsive body. It's a body of us. By by by. Uh, they say that the word guf is Rashi in Yiddish. Guf will fressen, guf will puffin. The body wants to eat. The body wants to. Uh, wants to sleep. And I you tell to the body, gu vet pegrin, the body's gonna die. So the body answers, I still want, it still wants. What does the body want? It wants it wants, yeah, it wants chocolate, it wants chocolate and it wants cake, and many other pleasures that are much less innocent than chocolate and then cake. Mm-hmm. And it wants money and it wants honor. And uh, you know, the song S and It's not interested in Davening, it's a hammer It's a hammer it's, um, there has to be vayachvu which We have to have uh, We have to we have to harness the donkey. But it's and the <laughs> nefesh of the is in prison, in captivity, in this spiritually repulsive body, a body which is Klepa. dechivya. It's made of the snake. It's klipa. But this is derech haolam. This is the normal the it is. That doesn't change the reality. The fact that it's derech The reality is the body is the antithesis of kedusha. Antithesis of kedusha, and it's klipa and what's stuck inside the body is the nefesh alikis. So this is exactly like what we discussed last week. This is like the, the person that's uh, in, the, in, the, in the garbage dump and covered in filth, which is a mashl for the yidin who were in Mitzrayim, which was a spiritually filthy place. We're all in Mitzrayim. We're all in a spiritually filthy place. And what is that place? Our goof. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, the limitations of the body. So the neshama is stuck in this mitzrayim, And every single day, what, do, what are we supposed to experience? <speaking in Hebrew> the mitzrayim of the neshama is when it has the ability to become subsumed in the oneness of the soif. <speaking in Hebrew> every single time, this is something which we discussed also in Perik, Lamid Aleph of Tanya, that every single time that a yid learns Torah, and every single time that a yid does mitzvahs, that's Yetzirah Mitzrayim, that's the neshama at this moment, having UTS Mitzrayim, leaving the disgustingness of the body and connecting with and uniting with Hashem. That is b'chlau, that, that is in general. So in general, every time we learn Teirah and do mitzvahs, we're experiencing UTS Mitzrayim. So when we talk about the, the av of Hashem to us, the love of Hashem to us, that he pulled us out of Mitzrayim. We don't mean he pulled us out of Mitzrayim. He pulls us out of Mitzrayim every single day. That every single day, Hashem gives our neshama the ability to leave the Mitzrayim, to leave the disgustingness of the body and the, the spiritual repugnant body, and unite with him and connect with him, as we discussed in the last page, in a way of, and to be married to him, and to be elevated to the kedusha of the Insaf. That's in general. More specifically, where is this Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim on a daily basis? When we say Shema, in the morning and at night, in the most specific sense, that is when we are experiencing Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Shaba, in it, in Shema, Mekabal, or Mamshich alav, Yechuda, a person accepts upon themselves Hashem unity. Beferish. <laughs> a person says it out, out, outright. Amri, when a person says, Hashem alikeinu, Hashem achad. And when a Yid says, Hashem alikeinu, Hashem achad, doesn't just say those words, but also thinks about those words and thinks about Hashem alikeinu. This Hashem is our alikeinu, it's my Hashem. Hashem achad and thinks about the unity of Hashem, at that moment, the neshama is actually being mikhla, being subsumed and becoming one with, and absolutely uniting with, and connecting with Hashem's achtos. That is Yitzhia S'mesrayim. Well, Kumei Shezvor, Elil, I've explained earlier in <imitation> last pageant, when we say Hashem alikeinu, we mean, <imitation> it's like when we say in Shemenashe, alikei Avraham, alikei Yitzhak, so we're saying, alikeinu, alikei, what do we say? Elikenu He's our Abishar, just like we say that Hashem was alikay That Hashem mm-hmm. was Himself uh, and the others, and the others were a merkava to Hashem. When we say Shema, it's elikenu The Abishar is our Abishar, my Abishar, your Abishar, your Abishar, and one and one with us, just like so Sh- alikay Think about that. Shema is more important than Sh'munah. According to this, we'll get to Sh'munah later in a later parak. And why was it, why is Hashem called al Avram? Why is Hashem called Elekei Avram? Hashem is everyone's God. What is is Avram? a bottle, because Avram was bottled, Hashem. V'nichlal, and in a very revealed way, Avram was subsumed In the unity with Hashem. So, by us, is the same thing. When we say Shema, raak only, Shavram was Avram to this Because of his actions, because he was an incredible tzaddik. And Avram's constant ascendancy in Madrigus of Kedusha, from one level to another, Avram started on the bottom. As the Rambam says that Avram, when he was a kid, he was, he started literally on rock bottom, and he traveled, Meshach is the Pasuk says of Avram, Avram, traveled, he kept on traveling, v'gamer. which in a spiritual sense, that means that Avram, he was always moving up from one level to another level in kedusha, huh? And therefore, because of his tremendous Avodah, he was Zoycha, he was have a Halekei Avram. Zoycha have this incredible unity with Hashem, to be bottled Hashem, and subsumed in Hashem's unity, that is called Halekei Avram. But how about us? Where does that leave us? That's a likay Avram. That's why, it's, but where are we? Are we also say? Are we also going up from one level to another level in kedusha?
1: We're the children of Avram, so we have to
0: take from him. Avlanachnu, but Yerusha matana ilanu. We have it as a Yerusha and a matana. Shenas amlanos Avram. What he he needed to work for it. We don't need to work for it. Wow our So in terms of trying to evoke a love for Hashem, which is what, that's the context of all these parakim over here, what we're trying to accomplish. So we should have a greater love for Hashem than Avraham did. Avraham, he got what he deserved. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a positive sense. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, there's gratitude, you go, you work for a week, your boss gives you your paycheck, If he, you say thank you. But when your boss gives you a bonus, an undeserved bonus, it's a much bigger thank you. Avram he earned he earned it through his avodah. Avram Zochel was Abba He would say, "We we have it as Yerusha Matana." He, he has two ideas here: and Matana. Each one has an advantage. We have it as a Matana. The Abish that loves you and he gave it to you as a gift, and it's a Yerusha. A Yerusha is even greater than a Matana because. A matana, who do, you, who do you give a matana to? A matana, you give to someone... Special. Someone special. So, even though it's not like a paycheck, a matana. A matana is something which is um, undeserved. But at the end of the day, it's a, a little deserved. Because you don't give, you don't walk around giving out matanas time. In the last of the Gemara, he loved the yavle. Um, which means you give a matana to someone who gave you some sort of satisfaction or pleasure. Yurusha. A Yerusha, if a father dies and the child is one day old, the child gets everything. What did the child do to earn it? Nothing. Not only didn't earn it. Also, it's not even like a matana. He didn't give the father... You can, I could say even more. Even if the, 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 child di- the father died when the child was in utero. The father never saw the child. It has nothing to do, what? It could be a a Rasha. Yerusha has nothing to do with who you are. We have to know that what Avram had to work for, we have it as a Matana, we have it as a Yerusha. That Hashem gave us his Teira. Think about the greatness of that, the Ava, the Dara Estivoka. The there pulls us out of Mitzrayim on a daily basis, pulls us out of our mundane existence and gives us the Teira and allows us to connect with him. And We didn't earn it, we don't deserve it. The Heil Bishbar the Ebeister gave us the Torah and he puts in it Ratzoni veChachmas Yizbarach. He puts in it. He puts in the he puts in the Torah his own Ratsan and his own Chachma. Ham Yuchadim veMuhusei Vatzmusa Yizbarach. His Ratzon and his Chachma, which are absolutely united with himself, betachlus ayichud. Vareza. We have to stop here for emphasis. We have to pause. Vahareza, and by giving us the Torah, it, it is ki ilu as if nassan wow. lanu Hashem gave us Himself, because He put Himself into Torah. So we are in Mitraim. In other words, we're the, living this meaningless, trivial, mundane life, which has zero value to it, and the Ebrish takes us out of Yisrael and gives us everything. Gives us himself. Gave us himself. <coughs> just one other point, which is, in Chassidus explained that what we have is more than what Avram had. By Matan Torah, what we were given is more than what Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov had. Why is that? Because Avram, we said, whatever he got, he earned. How much did Avram earn? Avram, this is Avram Avino. You can only imagine how much he earned. But at the end of the day, even if he reaches the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of human achievement, so it's limited by human achievement. So whatever he gets in return for his Aveida is somewhat limited because the reward is lefi'arach, is commensurate to the Aveida. And the avodah of a human being, even the greatest human being, even the greatest tzaddik, the avodah of a human being is, by definition, is going to be limited. But we don't earn it. By We were given it, as we mentioned, as a gift. We're given it as a Yerusha. So a gift or a Yerusha is given not commensurate to what the person deserves, but commensurate to the of the giver, the, the ability of the giver, which is Hashem's ability. So we have even more than Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So there's two differences over here. Number one, Avram, Yitzhak, Avram earned what he got, and we didn't. So that itself evokes within us this incredible love for Hashem and gratitude to Hashem, because we're getting something that we didn't earn, we didn't deserve. Add on to that, that what we're getting, not only Avram earned it and we did it, but we're getting more than Avram. We're getting, why? Because we didn't earn it. Right there, Khmer Shikaz, three lines from the top. as it says in the Holy Zayar, Al Pasuk ve truma. And the Pasuk ve truma. So the Zayar says, and obviously the word ve truma is a strange uh, strange uh, f- way to phrase a request. It should say ve'yitnu li truma. The Yidin should give for me a donation. What's ve truma? They should take for me a donation. So the Zeirah says, the V'yichu means that the Yid in V'yichu, they take Li. What do they take? They take me. The Zeirah says, V'yichu, that the Hashem is speaking, V'yichu, they will take Li. How do they take me? Through Truma. Truma is the words, Teira Mem. The letter, the, the letters, and the word Truma is Teira Mem. That's the Teira which was given in 40 days. So how V'yichu Li? How is it that a Yid takes, the Li takes Hashem? Through truma, through the Torah which was given to us in forty days. That's what the Zayer says. So the Zayer says the li. The Zayer says the li, The word li means me. Li, that you're taking me. And the Zayer says The Zayer says that really should have said utruma. Should have said utruma. Why? Because then the day, when a yid learns Torah, so he has now he has the Torah and he has Hashem. So there are two things here. So she should, should have said, khuli you take me and Torah. The reason why there is no Vav is because Torah and Hashem is one thing. And therefore, we don't say we take Hashem and Torah, but rather when we're taking the Torah, we're taking Hashem. Because Hashem put himself into Torah. When we, the, the Ebrish Der Parshat gave himself to us in Torah, I and Shmuel take a look over there in the Zayar and see what it says. V'zeo shekassul, and this is what we say in Simshalom in the Brachin Simshalom and Shpeneh We say Vatitel An La No Hashem Elkein Sorry, that's not in the. That's in the um, in Yamtiv. The next one, the Kibir Panachas Simshalom. Vatitel An La No Hashem Elkein Ubi so we look at it as a, that's an introduction. Vatit en that Hashem, with love, you gave us, adam l'simcha, whatever, you gave us the yamtif. Al-Tarebbe says, we, th- this, this is a self-standing um, uh, um, statement. Vatit en what did you give us? Hashem alikeinu. You gave us that Hashem is Be Ava with love. Because love is the most important point over here. Because we're talking about the incredible ava of Hashem to us, which causes us to reciprocate with to ava of Hashem. Next time, next to comes along. <laughs> that what did you give us? Hashem kainu. You gave us that Hashem is elikenu, like elikay Avram, like elikay Yitzhak, like elikay Yaakov. Hashem is my abuser. Is one with me. And then Sim Shalom panacha, With the light of your face, you gave us. What did you give us? Hashem kainu. You gave us that Hashem is elikenu. You gave. That's the biggest gift. Yeah. Then afterwards, teudos chayim But the biggest gift that we have. Is mm-hmm. with, the, with the with the with your shining face. What did you give us with your loving face? Hashem alikeno. Well, and therefore, and therefore, in other words, because because of what we mentioned earlier, we mentioned earlier that Avram had to work for it. We don't have to work for it. It's a matana seirusha. Since it's a matana, ein minayla. There is nothing stopping us from connecting our neshama. With Hashem's unity and Hashem's light. The only thing stopping is desire. If a person does want to connect, he has that choice. But if you want it available, why? Because you don't have to earn it. Avram Avinu had to work for it, so imagine if we were in times of Avram, we could say, I want to connect, but I can't. It takes the avoid of an Avram Avinu and a man in that madriga. But we have it as a Matana, we have it as a Yerusha. There's nothing stopping a Yid from taking out a Sefer and learning some Torah. Nothing stopping a Yid from, from doing a mitzvah. Nothing stopping a Yid from davening and experiencing this Yitzhiya Esmeshnaim and connecting with Hashem on a daily basis. Miya Immediately that a Yid wants. And accepts upon himself and draws down upon himself the ebrysters the E-bishter's, uh, godliness. And he says, When a yid says in davening, with The person's neshama becomes subsumed in Hashem's unity. The ruach, I see ruach, because your spirit. Brings a spirit and draws down the spirit of Hashem upon you. And that is Yitzhiel's Mitzrayim. By the way, as we move on in the coming Prakim, in the next two Prakim, we're going to learn more about why Daf is Mitzrayim and how the whole preamble to Shema works. But the bottom line is the ultimate Yitzhiel's Mitzrayim is when you say Hashem, alekenu, Hashem achad. And at that point, you're completely subsumed in Hashem. And you're saying it's my Hashem, it's one Hashem, that's my entire desire is Hashem. At that point, your Yunishama is leaving your body, not in the physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, going out of the Mitzrayim and connecting with Hashem. tiknu, and therefore the or We know that Shema is comprised of three different uh, of three different paragraphs. So you have Shema Vahavta, paragraph number one, and then Haim Shema is paragraph number two, and then about Yemir. Now, there's a whole, there's a B'choykes, what's Midiraisa. Some say that only, you have to say only the, because we know you have to say Shema in the morning and the night, so which is Midiraisa? Some say it's the first Pesach of Shema, some say it's the, the whole Shema, the partial Shema, with Shema Vahavta, the others even say, Vahim Shmei is also part of the mitzvah, but no one holds that Vayyoymer, which is the third paragraph about sitzes, no one holds that that's part of the mitzvah so, what so, what's it doing over there? So, the reason why we say the parsha of sitzes, for a different reason, it has nothing to do with the mitzvah Shma. It's a separate mitzvah, which is the after-memory sitzes mitzvah every day. So, we therefore, we, we say it, and when we say the Ania Shamalkech, Meshach, Sisiyas, Kamarach mitzvahim, we do that mitzvah. And then since there's a mitzvah by night also, to remember Yetzirah Mitzrayim, as we have in the Haggadah, so we say it by night also, even though that by night, there is, even the mitzvah of doesn't even uh, apply. But we say it by night, I mean, it doesn't apply at least to Men HaToyra, in certain but, but we say it because because of the Yetzirah Mitzrayim. So the question, the question is, so what's it doing there? What's the connection? Why is it appended to the Shema? It's a different mitzvah altogether. Now we know. So now we know. Let's do this again inside. V'lecheintik nu parshas kriyis mitsrayim b'shas kriyis madafka. That's why the chachamim were misakin and said they should say the parsha of kriyis madafka by tis mitsrayim. Af shehi mitzvah b'feni asma even though that remembering tis mitsrayim is its own independent mitzvah. V'leim mitzvahs kriyis It's not. It's not related to the mitzvah of kriyis madafka. Ked the isam be gemar and it's brought up in the Gemara and the Pesachim. But the reason why we add it to after Krishna is because it's one and the same. It's one thing. We say Yishtmah, Yisrael Hashem Hashem Then what's the next thing we say? I just I took out of Mitzrayim. When did I take out of Mitzrayim? Not 3,300 years ago. Two minutes ago, when you said Hashem Elokeinu Hashem I pulled you out of Mitzrayim. That's when I pulled you out. The chain, but say a parsha with Yisroim. And once again, when we finish it here, the parsha with Yisroim, the same gamkine. We finish off and what do we say? Ani Hashem alik which is the same idea. The same gamkine, which Ani Hashem alik I took you out of Mitzrayim. How did I take you out of Mitzrayim? Because Ani Hashem alik Because I am your avisher. And because I'm one with you, and I you, that's why I took you out of Mitzrayim. So here we have this sperek, which is a very yisoidistikaperek, and this is why it's Mitzrayim. you see, ask why is it a yisoid? Because you every single uh, every uh, every single time we learn Torah, every single time we do mitzvahs, and especially every when we say Shema, we're experiencing Yitzi So you ask the question, why 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 Mitzrayim every day? Why talking the other mitzvahs? And we find that the T.S. is such a recurring theme mm-hmm. in the Torah. How many times does Hashem tell us, I took care of I took The very first thing that uh, we have in the. Hashem introduces himself for the, for the one and only time when he talks to So, and what does he say? <speaking in Hebrew> As if we forgot. That was seven weeks ago. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I mean, oh, in case you forgot. Because it's a long time. It's only been almost two months. In case you forgot, I'm the one who took you out of right. And there the are many who ask, why did he say, when really, if the Elisha wanted to impress us with his resume, he should have said, I'm the one who created heaven and earth. Think about it for a second. What's a greater accomplishment that Hashem did? that he created heaven and earth, or that he took us out of Yitzrayim. Once he created the world, and he created everything in the world, the fact that he can manipulate some things in the world, is that a Pella? Is that a wonder? The biggest wonder is bringing everything into existence. So if the E-Bishter wanted to show us his credentials by meeting us the first time, say, here, I'm the Eibishter, you should listen to me. He should have thrown out the, his most impressive accomplishment, at least... Uh, the most impressive accomplishment that we can grasp uh, in our human understanding. I should have said, I created heaven and earth. But really the words, Hashem, Hashem wasn't trying to impress us. He was telling us his mission statement. Here I am, I'm giving you Torah. And you want to know what's the purpose of Torah? Because I want to take you out of Mitzrayim. Not only I will take you out of Mitzrayim seven weeks ago. The whole purpose of Torah is to take you out of Mitzrayim. We live in a perpetual state of Mitzrayim. And the purpose of Torah is to pull us out of the tonight. And with that, we've concluded, Perek Mem I still want to talk a little next week. i address a question which was asked last week, which we didn't yet address. I don't know if anyone remembers it, but I... You asked your question, why, why aren't we thinking about all the things that Hashem gave us? I'll talk about that next week. Uh, but just to conclude, sorry, now, obviously, that this, uh, the, this this discussion is a timely discussion because we have this week's parsha. The, the beginning of Golos Mitzrayim. So this week's parsha begins with the words bnei Yisrael These are the names of the eden Haboim Mitzrayim who are coming to Mitzrayim. The word Haboim is in present tense. It doesn't say bnei Yisrael. Abba. What? Abba. Asher Bo Mishraimah, right? <laughs> now, we have this passage also earlier on. We have it in Parshas VaYigash, But there it makes sense, because there it's actually describing when the Yudin came down to Mitzrayim, when Yaakov came down to Mishraim, and there it talks about the, it says the names of there, so it makes sense. Elah b'nei Yisrael, Shem But over here, we're talking here many decades after the Yudin arrived in Mitzrayim. why is it still saying Haboim? So, one of his talks, the Rebbe, and it was Parshish Shmoy's um, Tafshinon Aleph, 1990, I guess, 1990 or 1991, depending on whether it was before or after January 1st. But the Tafshinon Aleph. Uh, so, the Rebbe says that Asher, if we would say Asher Bo Mitzrayim of the Eden came to Mitzrayim, it sounds like that the even they're they're there, they're there for a long time, they're settled, they're comfortable. It's their reality. They're there, they arrived already. Haboy <laughs> Misraim, they're coming to Misraim implies they're right now coming. Even though that the Eden went arrived in Misraim tens of years ago, but their mindset was and the mindset of Yid is always as if I was just Dumped into, I was dumped here. I just arrived. I'm so uncomfortable over here. This is so not my place. I so don't belong here. That even though that yid has been in Gallas, and we can talk about now that yid has been in Galos, uh, we've, been, we've been here 1,900 plus years. But it's not, we, we, we've never come to terms with that reality. At every moment, I'm like, what am I doing here? I I belong in Eretz Yisrael. I belong in a matzav of Gullah. And what am I doing over here? And that's true in a general term, and it's also true in terms of a, uh, in terms of a, um, on a personal level. Because as we mentioned, there's the Mitzrayim, the Gullos, the larger Gullos on a national scale. And then that every single one of us is in our own little personal Mitzrayim, our own little personal Gullos, our own little personal Guf, our own little personal nafsha which everyone thinks that their Mitzrayim is worse than anyone else's. Everyone has, uh, under the impression, I'm... If you only knew what my gufu, my nafsham hamas is like, everyone else is a piece of cake compared to me. But everyone is in galos. The biggest problem, when does galos really begin? Galos really begins when you say, "Asher I'm here, I've been here, how old am I? I'm 30, 40, 50, 60, I'm here, I've been here, I've been here all my life, this is my, this is my reality. If I want the gu'ula, if I want to go out of it, I need to change my reality says that the parasha, no, that's not your reality. Your reality is one of gu'ullah. The fact that right now, temporarily, you were dumped into Gawas, at this moment, you have to always view yourself <laughs> Yeah, in fact, the Rebbe says in the Sikha, we say that every day, it's as if you have to view yourself, <laughs> but what does that mean? If I went out of Mitzrayim yesterday, then how can I go out of Mitzrayim today? So therefore, by implication, if every day you're going out of Mitzrayim, that means every day you're also going into Mitzrayim. So I had to look at myself as if today I came into Mitzrayim, and therefore I have to leave today. Because today I came. I ne- I can never look at Mitzrayim as gollus as my natural state, as somewhere I've always been known. I came in here today. So that's a very important relating to what we're learning at Tanya over here. The Yitzis Mitzrayim is tawira. Yitzis Mitzrayim is Mitzvah. Yitzis Mitzrayim is Davning. And saying Shema. And we have to realize that Golos is not our natural state, even though that the neshama is stuck in the guf, however old we are, it's not our natural state. We don't belong here, and every single moment we have to be protesting this Habayim Mitzrayimah, protesting the fact that the is, find, is found in this guf, and I'm not happy with that situation, that Minashama has to inhabit this guf, which is klipa, and therefore every single moment, what are we doing? We're aspiring to have a TS Mitzrayim through doing another mitzvah, through learning some more Torah, through davening the way we're supposed to daven, and <coughs> allowing the neshama to experience its real and natural state, and where it really, really belongs, which is in go- Go'ula, not shalom and Galos. Shabbat